2: Terms and conditions apply.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to WWF Wrestling with Freddie. And uh, I teased a big episode last week. This is, I'm really excited to share these stories with you. Uh, One of them is going to make you laugh. One of them is going to rip your heart right out of your chest, throw it into pieces, and then it's going to put an arm around you and it's going to say, don't worry. We're going to take that heart we're going to patch it up. We're going to put it right back in there and you're going to be feeling good. I promise you. And then I'm going to tell you a crazy story that I've teased that I like to call the ice storm. This is going to be a long one. We're probably going to chop it into two. So if you want to wait an extra week and binge them, but if you can't wait, I promise there's some good stories. And that is what they call a much better tease than last week's tease. So let's start the show. Welcome to Wrestling with Freddie.
2: Now, stepping up to the mic, the host of Wrestling with Freddy, Freddy Prince Jr. All right,
0: you guys. So I kind of told you how the promo class started, and it was a total fail. And uh, I was at work at Titan Tower the next week, and I went to talk to Jimmy. And this was Vince's guy. You've heard me mention him before. I'm pretty sure he was in the Army. Real serious, just to the point no nonsense and you know he has vince's back no matter what like if vince was like yo man you got to take that dude freddie out i would that would have been a wrap and we would not be making this podcast so i talked to jimmy i said hey man uh they put me in a broom closet and i don't know i'll do it if that's like dues i have to pay and he's like no they shouldn't have done that he goes i'll take care of it and the dude did so the next monday it was a raw I show up, and they have, like, uh, the producer's meeting is done, and John Laurinaitis brings all the talent in and brings me in. And he's standing in front of them, and he's, like, 6'5", and always wearing his suit, and his hair's always, like, combed, and he's like, looks very corporate, right? He used to be a pro wrestler, for those of you who don't know. Uh, I think the dynamic dude was his name. So uh, he says, all right, everybody, all right, quiet down. And everybody quiets down. And it's the whole roster in there. There's probably 60, maybe 70 deep. Then I mean it was the, the, the room was full. And uh he says, as you know, I always provide you guys the proper tools you need. And right away I step in, I go, Yo, man, don't don't call me a tool. And that kind of made the wrestlers pop a little and broke some of the why the hell is Freddie Prince Jr. standing next to Johnny Ace and and he's what is going on right now? And he says, uh, we brought Freddie in. And he's going to write for a lot of you, and he's going to teach you guys a lot about your promos and your acting. Isn't that right, Freddie? And uh, it may not have been the best introduction that I've ever received, but it was an introduction. So uh, I stood there in front of everybody. I wasn't prepared for this. They didn't tell me it was going to happen right then. And I just kind of explained what promo class was going to be. And I said, when I moved back to Los Angeles, I started uh, at this acting class called The Shop. And it was these two uh these two acting coaches that worked together named john homa and andrew magarian and our roster there was deep with talent we had everyone from my wife to kirsten dunst to jennifer love hewitt tina majorino back in the day i think christina ricci was in there like it was we had a deep deep roster and uh so i'm breaking down what we did in acting class and i talk about scene study how we're going to break scenes down over a four-week period help them start to develop you know memorization skills so they can learn things a lot quicker a lot easier because i know you guys work last minute i said and we're also going to do some techniques that are just going to help sharpen your skills in there especially in case you do forget your lines i want you to have an ability to improv and know where to go and uh oh i think uh when when john said tool and i said don't call me a tool i think candace michelle was her name she goes Uh, She goes, well, you know how I like to work my tools. And so I'm just like, oh, Lord, this is how we're starting this off. In front of 70 people, she said that. And they all laughed, right? So I have to, like, blush. Um, So anyway, I explain it. And uh, I say we'll be starting every day right after the production meeting. Eventually, I got to... uh, make it a little earlier i convinced him i needed more time and that got me out of some production meetings which as i've let you know those production meetings were hell so uh that was the real hell in the cell was being a writer in those damn rooms by the way so anyway uh we start the first one and it's now this is the official one right and it's pretty it's pretty deep i'd say about maybe 16 17 wrestlers showed up all young gunners right like miz and morrison Uh, Natty Neidhart, um, just a lot of the young bucks were there. I think uh, Daniel Bryan was, or Bryan Danielson was there. Uh, Sheamus was there. Uh, All like the people who you know now, but they were were young gunners then. And uh, I start talking to them and I can see like the, and rightfully so, the suspicion in some of their faces as to like why I'm here, what my motives are, like what the hell are you going to teach me about acting like all this kind of just toughness in their faces and uh i start off with i said listen i may not be i think i said i may not be robert downey jr but robert downey jr doesn't give a shit about y'all and i do so i'm going to teach you everything i know and everything i believe other actors use as their techniques, because I've I've worked with some of the greats like Peter Falk and just people, Brian Dennehy, people who really have a strong technique as far as building a character behind the lines. And I ask a ton of questions until I annoy these, these sons of bitches. But I always would ask and they would always uh, give me everything they could. So that softened some people up, but not everyone. And I start talking to them about this acting exercise for my acting class called repetition and repetition is basically a, it's a a game with one rule. You're locked in to whatever the other person says. So if you and I are going to go back and forth, just a silly example, I'd say you're listening to my podcast. You're locked into that. You can, you can personalize it or not, but, uh, but you're locked into that. So I would say you're listening to my podcast and you'd respond. I'm listening to your podcast. And then I'd respond, you're listening to my podcast. And you'd respond, I'm listening to your podcast. Because this is getting old. So you have a little attitude on your voice. And then I smile, I go, Yeah, you're listening to my podcast. And that's making me feel good. And you're like, yo, what is Freddie? I'm listening to your podcast. And it goes back and forth until someone can't take it anymore and they have to change the words of the sentence. And then you get a point. First to three points, you win. Or in this case, we just did first one to change it, loses. So I offer all this up and uh I say, now I need a volunteer, but if no one volunteers, I'm going to choose someone. But before I can say I'm going to choose someone, Miz just stands up. And if you don't know who the Miz is, if you're if you uh, if you're listening just to hear the crazy stories that I'm telling and you're not a wrestling fan, you may have seen his show on USA called Miz and Mrs. or promos for it. Um, you may remember him from the old school, uh, MTV, like reality show days, or you may have seen him on dancing with the stars as Mike, the Miz Mizanin. Um, so to understand the Miz, and I don't mean to take us on a side quest, but I like video games and side quests are fun to understand the Miz. You have to understand how this business views reality TV. And it's not fair but it goes film, television, professional wrestling, and then reality TV is below that. Like, reality TV is nothing more than a cash grab. It's all show business, and we all know which word's bigger, but the reality show is the cheapest show to make. You don't have to pay the talent anything, and you can make a fortune off of it. But they don't respect wrestling, but they respect reality shows even less. A good comparison would be, the comedy version of Theo Vaughn, who everybody loves now. But when Theo Vaughn, who's selling out arenas nationwide, started out in comedy, he was a guy from real world road rules. And every comedian hated him. And no one would help him. People would steal his his time slot just so he wouldn't go on because they didn't want this guy who basically they look at it as like, you got a lottery ticket. You didn't earn it. Now, there are a handful of comics, a very small handful, who looked after Theo. One of them is, I know this story because one of them is my best friend, Josh Wolf, um, who said, you know, hey, man, I'm happy to give you advice because he doesn't really care what other people think. Josh is just a different cat. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together. Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip.
2: Terms and conditions apply.
0: So eventually, Theo was so damn good that he earned everyone's respect. And now the dude's on the Joe Rogan podcast and every other show, and people love him, and TVs are trying to give him deals so he can make a show because his style is so unique. So Miz came up on the reality show circuit and said as a grown man, I want to be a WWE superstar. And that was a take. Again, it's not wrestling is not as respected as I wish it was in this business. So he was made almost a joke on that show. Now, all of a sudden, he gets a chance to be a pro wrestler. And a lot of these wrestlers are looking at him the same way those comics looked at Theo. Like you're here because you got famous on a reality show. You're not here because you earned it. So the chip, and I don't know this for a fact, this is just me applying my life experience to these situations, but the chip on, on Miz's shoulder, which is no longer there was as big as a house. Okay. You couldn't, you couldn't miss it. And he stood up before I could complete the sentence and I respect the hell out of Miz, but he did not like me when we were there. And he and I aren't like buddies now we don't like even wish each other merry christmas or anything like that but we respected each other very much and so he gets up and i say so you remember the you know the rules and he goes yeah i got it i got it it just so like dismissive with me right and i go all right do you want me to start for you and he goes no 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 no, no. i'm ready i'll start i'm like whoo and now i get my eyes go wide right it's like a wolf seeing a a rabbit with a limp because This is in his world, no matter how good he can do. I've been humiliated in this exercise a million times in front of all my peers. And I know how that pressure builds by the time you have to repeat the same sentence four times. And he he hasn't felt this, but the dude is fearless and he does not care what obstacle you put in front of him and what you say he can't do. He will do it and he will put it in your face. And I love this dude so much for this. So he goes, no, 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 I'll start. And I go, all right, man, go ahead. And uh, excuse me if you hear me curse now, but if you don't want to hear me curse, just, uh, you know, mute this part. But he says, what the fuck are you going to teach me about acting? And I'm, again, my eyes just, li- the widest they've ever been in my life. And I go, what the fuck am I going to teach you about acting? And he goes, what the f-? And we go back and forth. And eventually he breaks because he can't take it. It's, he goes about six rounds deep with me, which is good. I mean, that's the normal amount of pressure. And then he had to change the sentence, and I pointed at him, and I was like, oh, and everyone was like, oh, you lost, you lost. And he sat down, and then other people started, uh, other people started getting up after that and uh, taking a shot without me being there. Now they kind of saw it happen, so they were starting to go on each other. And I had to tell them when it was just them, I said, now, listen, when we did this class, when I was a young buck, you know, like 20, 21 years old, and uh, doing this, and it's, you know, it's a bunch of pretty people in an acting class, and this exercise, and I'm telling them this as candidly as I'm telling you guys now. I said, you know, this exercise, inherently, when it's a boy and a girl, they step closer and closer to one another, and it gets sexier and sexier every time, especially if the both people are single. It just happens. It's, it's the nature of the beast. I've seen it a thousand times to to not know for a fact this is true and i said when it's two men it gets closer and closer but it almost always turns into a fight and i said and when it's two women y'all usually keep it civil and clean i said so here are the rules y'all ain't allowed to make out and you're not allowed to hit each other i said but everything else is a go so they start doing their thing and the repetition starts going well and when we finish it's about an hour I explain to them what I want them to do. Well, first, I I explain to them what I feel the benefits of the exercise are. And the first is twofold. The first being, there's a million different ways to cut a line honestly, so long as you commit to it and have a thought behind the line. The only wrong way to execute a line on camera is to not believe it, to not commit, and to be embarrassed or scared to fail, which leads us to the second benefit of the exercise a fearlessness to fail. If you're willing to fail in front of your peers, the people that you're working with, and unfortunately competing with, because that's how this business does artists, then you're going to be more willing to fail out on the big show because you've already done it. You got back up, your career wasn't over, and you're getting another opportunity. Another promise that I made to every single wrestler that walked into that room was I would never film a single session And that nobody in the like the brass, none of the agents, nobody would ever see anything they ever did because they were nervous if they did something and it wasn't good that that would get them buried. And that was a very legitimate concern because I've seen people get buried at that company for far less. Um, They could just have a bad promo in FCW and it's nothing to do with them. It was just written poorly or they're a person who needs a writer. Um, But uh, they were done. And didn't get a shot for like another two or three years. You know what I mean? So so I, I understood that fear and I made that promise and I kept it the whole time. I did tell them anytime I saw something special, I had uh, promised Vince that I would report that directly to him if there was somebody that I thought, because I just wanted all cards on the table. So everybody knew what time it was and uh, and everybody knew what, what, what was going on. So as the promo classes began to kind of take shape, I had sort of my regular 10, and then there'd be about, I don't know, 8 to 12, sometimes less, just depending on on travel and things like that and what time they, they were going to be able to get there. But we were doing this every single week, and a lot of people who weren't getting camera time, I felt deserved camera time. Eve Torres, who's now Eve Torres Gracie, she was a former Divas champion. She knew how to act. I could just tell. And so I gave her, I wanted everyone to do a monologue, which they call a promo. And it's just a paragraph or two where no one else is speaking. You're communicating a message to your, either to the person you're speaking to or to the audience. And I gave her this speech from Beautiful Girls that Rosie O'Donnell cut, which just talks total trash on beautiful girls and how their life is so much easier. And they can fail more and all this. And the class is over and Eve comes up to me and she says, Freddie, I I, I can't do this. And I said, what do you mean? Why not? And she goes, she's talking about me. And I said, yeah, that's the perfect reason why. This is going to be, I want to see if you can handle this. I want to see if you can do this. And so they got three weeks to kind of work on it, perform it. I would give notes, things like that. And then the fourth week, I expected them off book and uh and ready to kick ass. So on the fourth week she comes in and she cuts this promo and she straight like breaks down like full on like tears and it's everyone in there she finishes, okay? And everyone in there we would always clap when someone was done. You I want to build their egos up. I don't want to break them down. That's the WWE philosophy that I do not agree with. Break them down to build them up in your image. That's a heavy fingerprint, and heavy f- fingerprints are usually dictated by ego, not by imagination. Light fingerprints are imagination. That's why Van Gogh's paintings look so awesome.
1: I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there. and stories, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... So
0: anyway, she breaks down and no one claps, including me. And she's sitting there in tears, right? In in tears. And at about three seconds go by, four seconds go by. And then like all the wrestlers, not all of them, but like four or five wrestlers get up and they all go to her and it's just, oh my God, that was, and they're hugging her and like holding her up. That was amazing. Oh my God, that was so good.
2: Oh my God, you're great.
0: And I'm sitting there like, Yo, dude, a wrestler just moved me. Like, what just what just happened? And it was like one of the first like real moments that I saw with talent there that that just kind of like it just sort of messed with my head, right? So, I talked to Vince about this, and I say, "Yo, man, Eve is like doing next-level stuff up there." Where I'm one to tell her, yo, you need to get out of this business and audition for like TV shows and movies. You could have been Wonder Woman. So uh she'd have been a great Wonder Woman. So he's like, he just gives you that grunt, right? Which means I'll think about it if I get around to it. And it sounds like this. Eh, eh. Like that's it. It's, it's not just eh. that means like I don't want to hear this crap anymore. But if you get the triple, he's like, yeah, 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 whatever. So a few weeks go by and uh All of a sudden, I hear that uh, Eve's going to be the general manager of Monday Night Raw. And in this instance, the storyline died. It came around, I think, a year and a half later. But uh, they had this great idea on how she was going to become the general manager. And it was her just being in the right place at the right time. And the, the current general manager was making a fool of themselves and she comes in with a solution instead of a problem. And that's what Vince likes. He's solution-oriented. Now, granted, his philosophy is Reaganomics. He fixes problems with money. But Eve was coming in and fixing a problem with an idea. And it got all the way to TV. And then Pritchard uh, said, oh, was a lot of talk in this episode. And it got killed. Um, but it came around later. And she did a great job with it. Anyway, that's the Monday Night Raw. We go to SmackDown on Tuesday, and uh, Johnny makes the same speech, but this time doesn't call me a tool, which is great. And I start to work with the SmackDown group. And this is when I meet Natalia Nightheart. And Natty, to know her is to love her. You just, you can't help it. There's nothing evil inside her. She's too nice to her own detriment. She's too good for her own detriment and her and I, I've seen her shed some tears. I was, I was a shoulder that her, that her head was on. I mean, i you gotta understand this woman, when she was like her most over was when the women's division was beyond afterthought. Okay. It was, they they received five minute matches and two minutes of it was their damn intro. So they get three minutes to tell a match and her finisher is a damn submission that she only gets to apply for about 20 seconds and you can't tell a story of how much pain the other, her opponents in, because then they'd only have like 60 seconds left in the match. So it limited anyone with a submission hold, which is why very few of them did it. And when they did, it wasn't dramatic because they got no time, right? So this is what all these women were going through when I was there and my relationship with natty led a lot of the women on smackdown to come to that class to the point where i began writing for a lot of them and helping them work on their skills to where steph had me write this whole crazy storyline they were going to bring awesome kong in and they gave me the story and we had recently signed gail kim and i had awesome kong like smashing her first like three opponents just killing them right awesome to if you don't know her is Kia Stevens um and she's just like six two maybe six one just gigantic right and I met her she's oh I can't wait to tell you this story so uh so I write this whole storyline about her and she crushes the first three and the WWE had signed Gail Kim and her and Gail had some really really good matches at TNA so gail was going to give her a match and we were going to get seven minutes this was what i was promised right it would have been three minutes but i was promised seven minutes Ooh, seven whole minutes now they get two commercial breaks and they're doing 25 minute matches in the last hour of raw they're so gangster now but uh so we're writing this up and gail hits her finisher but kong kicks out and kong beats her and then she meets natalia and this is the first real real test And Kong beats her, but then goes off after the bell, which brings out Beth Phoenix, which is what Vince wanted me to work WrestleMania to. And it was going to be Beth Phoenix and Awesome Kong at WrestleMania, or this is what Stephanie wanted me to do. And uh, so I put this whole story together. They brought in Kong. And then uh, I wanted to try out some of my ideas in the promo class. So we had already been working together now a few months And I had a good rapport with them. And we were trying out new things. Miz was doing stuff with Alex Riley in there in the promo class where they would just go off on each other and nobody got to see. And I'll tell that story another day. But uh, Kia and Beth, I kind of gave Kia more information than Beth. And I said, hey, I want you to, because you guys are going to be going together at WrestleMania, but I want the relationship to start in a very sort of emperor, Anakin Skywalker sort of way. I don't want you to try to bury her or break her or kill her. I want you to seduce her. I want you to bring her to the dark side, so to speak, and have the two of you destroy all the rest of these Barbie doll beauties and show the world what women should be. And Kia's just looking at me and I swear to God, she goes, I got it, baby. And so I sit down And I've never worked with her before, okay? Only Beth and and the rest of the cast. She was brand new. And Beth's standing there. And Kia comes up to her and she goes, don't be afraid. I don't want to hurt you. I want to join you. And she just walks in a circle around Beth. And Beth just follows her with her head. And while she's circling around her, she goes, look at you and look at me. And now look at all the rest of these dumb bitches in this room. And it's all the rest of the female wrestlers in there. And they're all sitting there and they're just, they know it's not personal. This is how these promos are done. I mean, they'll shoot on each other straight up. And she starts naming like their weight. This bitch weighs 122 pounds. I'm three of her. You could snap her in two. We could break each and every single one of them. And beyond that, we could break the whole damn system. And they go through this whole thing and she circles her about three times. And at the end, Beth just looks her dead in the face and goes, You can go straight to hell. And everybody was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And I was was like, yo, these chicks, because Beth wasn't the best on the microphone. Right. So I had to protect her more than I would have to protect Kia. Apparently, I didn't know how much I would have to do with Kia. But she was just fire, like straight fire. Now, the story couldn't couldn't play um, and ended up not going because Kia ended up leaving the company. But uh, that moment in that promo class is basically the beginning of the story of the ice storm. So I will give you a tease for the ice storm. And then if you want to hear the rest of the story, you can tune in next week. Or like I said, you can smush them and binge it. So SmackDown is over. And uh, I'm working late. Cause I'm working on this, this story and I have to show it to Stephanie. All pretty much everybody already left. And I told Angelo, the, the other writer that I was close with, I was like, man, I'll find a ride. Like there's always people. So, and I, and I was getting along with a, a lot of the people at this point in the company were digging me cause they saw how hard I worked. So I'm finishing up this story. Everybody leaves, I'm walking through and there's not many people left in the arena. And uh, I see one of the makeup artists and I say, Hey, uh, Do you want to cruise to Atlanta with me? I'll drive. I go, you can just sleep. She goes, oh, that would be amazing. Thank you. So we get in the car and makeup artists in Hollywood gossip. It's just they're sitting there in a trailer. You can only make so much conversation when you put makeup on somebody for an hour straight. So they start gossiping. They start saying, hey, oh, this person, that person, oh, this, that, and this. I'm not one for gossip. That's why I'm in and out of the makeup trailer inside of 12 minutes and I make them play music when I'm in there so that everybody hopefully will know the song and sing it, even if it's music I don't like, so long as I don't have to hear that. Unfortunately, this night I did, but she shaped the company in a different light and I started looking out for myself a little bit more and she started telling me not only like who was sleeping with who, but who liked me and who didn't. And so I found out that John Cena couldn't stand me and and didn't want didn't want me in the company and this even goes into a promo class and i'll tell this story at another time when, when john cena interrupted the promo class uh to try and like bury it but um but yeah we ended up with a little bit of respect at the end um so she's telling me everything and i'm like all right all right this wrestler that wrestler and uh we get in the car And we get on the highway. She knows the way. She's done the drive a hundred times. So all she has to do is get me on the highway. And she gets me on the highway. And it is the craziest four-hour road trip that I've ever been on in my life. And I can't wait to tell you about it next week. Also, guys, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram. Twitter is RealFPJR. That's RealFPJr. Instagram is RealFreddiePrenz. And I'll speak with you guys on the next WWF Wrestling with Freddie. This has been a production of iHeartRadio's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and
2: resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tengo
3: diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca, o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta Reducida la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Predal20enEspañol.com.